Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa podcast, Medical Spy Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is joined by Maria Puya, founder of Greenwich Med Spa. Okay, everybody, this is Alex Tiersch. Whoops, this is Alex Tiersch and the host of Med Spa Insider. And we have Maria Puya. Uh, on the phone, the the founder and the visionary of Greenwich Med Spa in Connecticut, which is now, I believe, expanded not only into Connecticut but into New York and some other places. Um, uh, Marius, I think I appreciate you 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 joining us. It's I've wanted to have you on the podcast for a long time. You are um, you, you've done so much for Am Spa. You've been you've been a great part of of what we're doing. You're you're a part of the Safety Council as one of the owners. Um, you're kind of an OG of the AMSPA family, having um, participated in, in AMSPA events way back when. You're also just a, a kick-ass, badass rock star med spa owner, and I think you've got so much to offer. Um, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Alex, for having me. I'm so excited to be part of this. Oh, so. no, of course. Um, seriously, it's been um, it's been too long. So we it is March. We're just kind of coming out. Uh, of the pandemic, fingers crossed. It looks like that's kind of what's happening, but you know, you you never know with this thing. How have you been holding up? Tell me what's what, what's been going on. How's the how's the pandemic treated you? Because New York has been a been a hotbed for it, so you've kind of been right in the middle of it. Yeah, no, it's it's the pandemic has been crazy. We actually found out today that um, when one of our locations, two of my staff members had COVID, oh. so it was really um, and we had a full book of um, appointments going on, and so that late actually I found out late last night when I was going home. So we all had to work together and to triage and figure out how we're going to bring in more staff into that location. We had to quarantine the two staff members, figure out the schedule and try to thin it out as much as possible. So we had support for the clinician who was there. Yeah, it's been a nightmare, oh <laughs> to say the least. Good. Um, but that's, you know, just when we thought things were getting better and more people were getting vaccinated and, you know, we were getting over that hump and then we got this today. So it's still in, in, in Connecticut, it's still not over. We're still living it every single day. I know you have been through because I remember you you came on as part of uh, the panel when we first. This was like a year ago, right when this when this broke. Um, and for anyone who had, who hasn't heard that, like it's it's kind of funny to go back and funny is maybe not the right word. It's interesting to go back and watch that because it was literally had we had just shut down. Um, you were in kind of the middle of it because it was still for the rest of the country, it was kind of percolating up But the East coast and New York was really, really kind of in the throes of it. Um, God, thinking back on that, I mean, that's such a crazy time. I mean, do you, do you remember how you felt back then? And, and did you have any idea that you'd be where you are right now? I, I literally feel like I actually went back and just thought about what happened last year. Cause it was around this time. Yeah. It was actually, it'll be tomorrow when we closed our stores voluntarily. It wasn't, um, it it wasn't a rule at that time. And we just did it because we wanted to help do our part in the community by helping flatten the curve. Yeah. And I remember, I remember sitting in that room. It was a Monday morning with my staff and I had tears in my eyes because it was the first time in my life. I actually thought that I would lose this business. Oh. And I said, we're going to close and we have to do this for the community. And I remember I took a $150,000 loan from my home equity line because I didn't know what the banks were going to be, but what the financial situation was going to be. So I said, let me take this money out. So this way I'll have that in case I needed to make payroll or just pay the rent. And I told my staff, I had, I'm like, I'm letting all of you guys go home for two weeks because we thought it was going to be a two week event. Know, right? <laughs> and that I was going to pay them and that we're going to do this. We're going to come through this and I'm there for everybody. And, you know, just trying to be that leader that's optimistic but I remember I had tears coming down my eyes oh. and not knowing what was going to happen I mean just going back to that and then looking at today I'm like wow it was just incredible incredible it's 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 been you had um, an incredible journey and we, we haven't I haven't talked too much to you about it but I just I know from um, talking to you on on some of our events as we go and then and then just talking to you before we got on you ended up how first of all how long were you closed for 
We were closed for nine weeks. Nine weeks. Okay. Um, and at the time you had three locations, right? At the time we had three locations. So this was, um, again, March 17 will be last year. Right. And we were planning on April 15th to open our fourth location. Oh. So we were looking at our um, grand opening events, looking into that and uh, when the pandemic happened. So my other call was to actually call my contractor and say, hey, listen, you need to put everything on hold. I had to call my landlord for that fourth location. I was in Richfield, Connecticut. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I have no idea what's going to happen. You need to help me. I'm yeah. not going to be able to open the store uh, and we'll figure it out. And thank God he was just an amazing guy. And he said, I understand. And um, so we put, yeah, we put that opening on hold and the build out as well. So you actually had, you had a lease and a build out contract and all that stuff ready to go for April. All of that. Oh, we actually man. had, uh, we already purchased a lot of the furniture, the beds. I mean, they were all like being shipped to us and, you know, so it was, it was really, and, and my whole thing was survival, you know, cash yeah. is king. We need to, uh, you know, conserve as much cash as possible. And so we just put everything on the credit card and just put that on hold. Um, luckily at that time, right before that had happened, I had hired a controller, a full-time controller mm. and it was like god sense so she was helping me model out our cash um cash for the next you know like how much cash we had for the next you know three to four months what do we yeah. need what do we need to reserve how many people we could pay for how long and when you know when we're going to be in trouble so that really helped us as well did, did you have to lay anybody off unfortunately um, we did. So, uh, of course, when, when we realized that this is going to last longer than we thought and we knew that they were, thank God for that PVP money, um, we knew that this was an opportunity for us to uh, kind of do a reset um, mm-hmm. with our business. We had invested a lot of time with consultants where we really focused on our mission and our core values as well. Mm-hmm. And with that, we, we actually looked at, we took this opportunity to look at our employees and see who actually fit our core values and who GMS is and mm-hmm. who we need, we need to do a reset. And with that, we took that as an opportunity to um, unfortunately lay off some staff members and also furlough the rest. So. Yeah. And then, so um, it's interesting because I, I, I feel like the, well, first of all, before I get to that, I want to fast forward to now. I mean, how how did you end up doing in 2020? I've talked to a lot of folks, and you've had you've been through more than most, and we'll get to the other the other part um, in a second. But um, how did you end up doing ultimately? What was the what was the year like? Was it better than you expected? Worse than you expected? Or about the same? Um. So it, it was it was one of the worst years for GMS in all of our 15 years, oh, 2020. Um, because Greenwich, which is um, my first location that I opened up, was our is our was our flagship store, and it was the busiest and the most profitable. So when COVID happened and we had to reopen, we had to change the whole schedules. We couldn't have two or three providers, you know, servicing the patients like we did before, right. just because of the capacity limitations that we had and the safety protocols that we had in place. So we definitely had a huge revenue hit there. Um, so we were down about 20, 20% overall for the company versus the year before. The other locations that we did have operating and open, they all either they, they grew or they broke um, they broke okay. even. So. But the other the other locations were smaller, obviously, and then and so they're, bigger. They're a lot newer, yeah. Okay. But Greenwich took a big hit, of course. Yeah. Well, so so what about now? I mean, how are you feeling about the the future? Are you are you, are you getting a little bit back on your feet? Do you feeling like your 2020 is going to be better? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we need to talk about what happened yes. to me first, so this way the the, the <laughs> listeners understand. Um, so, not only did we experience the pandemic, which was um, extremely unexpected, um, in December of last year, our flagship store um, was basically completely destroyed due to a fire that was caused um, in our adjacent store next door. And um, (laughs) it was something that completely came out of nowhere. It was unexpected. Luckily, luckily, nobody, um, none of my staff members were there. there. It was a snow day. So we, we, um, we took the day off. Um, And so 
thank God they weren't there. We didn't have any patients. Um, but uh, what happened was that a car drove in uh, to so the Verizon store next, next door to us, and a car drove into the Verizon store and caused this massive fire. Wait, what do you and mean, like like skidded out and like crashed into it? Literally, the guy drove into the store. Oh, and um, the, thank God, because it was a snow day, um, they had just opened up the store. This is around 3.45 in the afternoon. And the manager told me that he tried to get the cook the guy out of the car and he refused to get out um, really? and he just kept, kept pressing the gas um it was crazy so they left and that that press pressure on the gas i guess created the, the fuel tank to blow up and um so it was a fire that they couldn't even put out until late at night because of that a lot of smoke and water destruction went into my space as well so there's a lot of soot and smoke i mean the whole uh, thing was completely a total loss that's what happened to us so it, it it was a total loss for the for your greenwich location oh my god yes so uh. yes and this is your um, big location, all right? Our equipment, yes, all of our equipment, all the you know property. I mean, you name it, everything. I mean, there's water damage everywhere. So it's going to take about a year, a year and a half for everything to go back to oh. the way it was. Um, so imagine you not even being part of that just because you're next door, and the next day you go in there, you you go in there with four stores and you leave with three stores, and oh. this is the middle of a holiday season where. We're, Packed, yeah. And, but it's not, not not only that though. Then I have a lot of staff members that are all displaced. Yeah. Thank God our model that we had, and thank God we had the other three locations because we were able to move our our staff members and our patients to the other locations. Our goal was mainly to preserve our patients as much as possible, our staff members, so yeah. they're not impacted financially. Otherwise, we would have to lay them all off until we recovered and we recouped. You know, yeah, but um, I this is it, so I first of all, every, like I, I it, I'm sorry to hear that that all happened. When I heard that you had had a fire, um, I didn't realize to the, the extent of it. Um, but to, to everyone who's listening, like you can think it's bad, but ever someone out there has got it worse than you. I what so what's the next step? Like, like I, I wouldn't even know what to do in that situation. I would be standing there in front of the store, it's you know completely destroyed and just like what i don't even know where to start you know what what was really 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 amazing i, I think about myself i found that too that as i'm driving into to check out because i thought it was just exclusive to the verizon store so i just so you didn't even think it was your store at all i didn't think that it was going to be that oh, bad God. but part of me was like you know what i called my contractor on the, on the way and i'm like hey listen there's a fire i'm not sure what's the extent but i just want to let you know that you know i may need you tomorrow to help me you do, do something. I'm not sure what that is, but I'm just letting you know. Then I called my controller. I'm like, listen, there's a fire and I need you to call the insurance company. Just let them know. Just my gut was telling me to do that. Yeah. And then I, I, I went into the space. I went in there and I looked at it and I'm like, oh my God, this is not what I expected at all. And my main focus was I need to save the server because our main server for all of our location was in Greenwich. And that was a lifeline to all of the other locations as well. We're not in the cloud, we're in, in the server. Really? So okay. the whole time I was like, I need to get that server. I need to get the server. And of course, you know, the server was completely destroyed. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's where all the water damage went in. So we couldn't save the server. So imagine that. Um, so, so, like, but, but like, I, I want to back up a little bit. So, so you, you, you think that it's a fire in the Verizon store next door. You, I'm, you're probably thinking, all right, maybe there's some damage. We're maybe going to have to deal with insurance. And then when you when you arrive, is it immediately apparent no, that your whole no. thing? Really? I'm still thinking that it's still the Verizon store. I'm think, still thinking that. And then uh, the, the fire marshal comes in and goes, yeah, there's a little bit of um, smoke damage in your place. I think you should be fine. And and so somebody's telling me that, yeah, I think within two weeks you'll be in back into the store. But they will not because because there was a, um, there was a loss of life. We weren't allowed to go in there because it became, you know, police had to do their investigations. Okay. So they said that the next day you're going to go in and find out. And that's when we found out how massive okay. the damage was for us. So, um, so, so, t- so tell me, and I, I hate to bring up, you know, old, old bad shit, but you go inside, like, what do you see? What's your, what's your impression? Like, what's the, talk me through that. 
Well, I got a call from uh, one of the contractors that was on site for Verizon, and I had given him my contact information to call me and let me know whatever he hear. He calls me up at seven in the morning. He's like, oh, you need to come here. It's pretty bad. So, and they're like, they're not letting everybody in, but I sneaked in. You need to come. So I went in there and I was just like, my heart sank. And I just watched. 15 years of everything that I had built went up into smoke. Mm. And I'm a very strong person. So I was still in denial a little bit. But when I went, when you go in, I actually videotaped the whole thing. And you could see like the ceilings are all like, you know, cut open. You know, there's black dust everywhere Mm -hmm. i mean and things are broken windows are broken doors are like crushed water everywhere Mm -hmm. everywhere water damaged i was just like there is no way that this thing we're gonna Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's no way we're opening tomorrow (laughs) no way and did it did it get like all the equipment all the 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 lasers everything was damaged everything was a total loss in that sense oh Um, my god So, um, but I'm, I'm one of my personalities that I'm always about, I'm a survivor. I'm not sure why, but, and a solver. So I was like, again, I went in there to save the, the server. So I'm like, my, my focus is still the other locations. I got to go get the server. So I went in there with my IT guy and he looked at it and he's like, oh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so now was it, what, what was it like all the water on the server? Is, is that what yeah. did it? It was mostly the water yeah. damage. Oh. There's a lot of water damage on it. Oh man, and and did, did you say that? Did you say that the the person in the car did he, he actually died? Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that is an awful story. Yeah, it was so sad. It was that that's the thing that the life, the loss of life was it made it even more tragic. Yeah. Than it was. But thank God he was the only person, and not more. We didn't have any more fatalities or injuries. I think that if somebody in my team or one of our patients were were injured or you know, yeah. hurt, oh my God, I don't know how I would be today. Yeah. So, all right. So you're absolutely right. That kind of resets everything because that's, you know, your, your, your primary location, your primary, you know, earner, right? The the majority of your revenue comes in from, from that location. Is that, is that right? A good 50%. Okay. Of it came oh, okay. Yeah. So that's, um, I mean, that is huge. So like what, um, just talk about what's it, I mean, what's it been, what's been the process of kind of, cause, cause you are a survivor. You've always been a very strong, you've, I shouldn't say you come across as a very strong person. You you seem like you've got your act together. Um, I if, if this happened to anybody um, else, I would be more worried than it happening to you because I feel like you could you could you know you could handle it. But at the same time, this is so much to handle for anybody. What's what's the process of getting back on your feet? Like, what, how do you even start planning? Uh, you know what was really amazing, and and I have to say that. I have an amazing team. I have an amazing support system. So the night that that fire happened, without me even asking, my leadership team showed up and they were there with me until the middle of the night, you know, and they all knew exactly what they had to do. We all regrouped at our makeshift um, crisis management center, which was, you know, my district manager's condo that was closest mm-hmm. to the um, to the fire. And we, with extreme calmness, poise, this wonderful, amazing team uh, got together. We assessed and analyzed the situation. We agreed on what actions we needed to take that mm-hmm. could be the least disruptive to our patients and our staff. And we were just making calls and doing, I mean, it was just like this well-oiled machine. And I think that if I didn't have that support system, I don't think that I would be as calm and confident that I am today, you know? So that's, I mean, I attribute it all to the team that I have had. And this team has been with me since COVID happened. And the same thing happened when the starting, the first day of COVID, I mean, every day, it's my controller, my COO, my director of um, operations, my uh, clinical director, and my district manager as a marketing person. Every morning since COVID happened for those nine weeks, we were on a Zoom call talking about, okay, what do we need to do to survive? Mm-hmm. What are the action plans for the day? What can we do to generate revenues when we're closed? You know, like it was, it was all about survival, and they were the ones who helped me through it. It's yeah. been amazing. 
So, so um, now, that team. that's, I mean, and, and one of the things you've always said, we've had you on some of our panels at MSS and, and, and you and some of the other guests on, on that panel always talk when we say, you know, what's the most important thing to run in your business? And you're, you always go your team. That's what you always go to. Um, and so, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I, I think that it's, it's, you know, when, when you're going into a battle and you don't have a lot of ammunition, it's the people who's with you that's the yeah. most important. Yeah. And that's what it is. And that's, that's my team that I have. And they're just incredible. I mean, I am so grateful for them and the support that they've given us. And we have become just like so united and cohesive that it's amazing. Yeah. That, and so the... The, the location was actually open, I, I assume, when, when the fire hit. I mean, you had reopened, obviously. And so um, kind of coming out on the other side of, of, of the pandemic, um, that's got to be extraordinarily deflating, number one. What do you do with, um, just from a practical matter, it's your biggest location. You've got all these patients that are scheduled. You've got patients that are looking to schedule. Like, you've got two other locations to send them to, but I assume they're probably not nearly as big or not even equipped to be able to handle it. So what's the solution there? Well, I mean, luckily, it was always our business model um, where we um, built each of our locations within 15 to 20 miles from each other. Mm-hmm. So this way, we have the flexibility to share resources, staffing, and have optionality. We did not factor in the pandemic or this fire when we had this model, but it really helped us in both of these situations. So we were able to actually move our staff and our patients to these three locations. And um, after the fire, while well, we figured out the recovery process. Um, I don't think if we had those stores so close, the mm-hmm. circumstances of GMS would have been very, very different and very dire. Yeah. Um, so different that I don't think you would even have me on this uh, panel to talk today. Well, I mean, <laughs> I was yeah, honestly, I, I was thinking like when we were talking, what if, what if it was your only location? I mean, what if you were just a single location business? I mean, what do you do? Yeah. I think that again, I don't think that I would have been in business right now. Had I not found uh, a temporary location and that's the other thing though so we got so lucky that night of the fire i actually um we called our real estate agent and said listen just as a backup we don't know for how long maybe for see if there's anything out there for a temporary lease until we figure out maybe yeah. we need to be out for two weeks or so um luckily the next day when the fire happened we actually were on the car you know we had a one o'clock appointment to look at a space that was just perfect it was already built out it it was less than you know it was a third or you know of the size of our current location but it had four rooms and we just needed a a little bit of aesthetic you know Mm -hmm. um touch-ups to make it within our gms brand and image so within six weeks um we we signed the lease and we started operations there so we got very very lucky in that sense and it's only about a mile and a half away um, and since then, recently, we actually, um, the space next door to it opened up as well. And so we're building that space up to double the, the number of rooms that we have. So this way we can accommodate the demand that we have right now. Otherwise, and, you know, it'll be and, tough. And, and that would still be, that's just going to be a temporary space. You're not going to take that over. So our, our goal, our idea is, I mean, I have so many ideas now. I always look at things, at the silver lining when things happen, you know. Yeah. And for me, I was actually looking at this location as our um, fifth location, in a sense. Yeah. Because we had so much demand in Greenwich that we were just, the space was too small for us. And we were looking, you know, that's why we were actually hoping that Verizon would leave <laughs> and give us the whole building, but they refused to do that. So we were um, thinking about using this location as our fifth location and use it maybe for a body contouring facility mm-hmm. or maybe facials, acne clinic, or even we're also looking at eventually we're, we're looking to bring in a GMS university mm-hmm. where we could teach other people our, our ways and our, our protocols and, and our um our techniques on how to run a business as well as um, mm-hmm. how to do great injectables. So what's the status of the, of, of the rebuild? Are, are you rebuilding Greenwich, the, the little Greenwich location ground up and getting back at it? Yeah. Is Verizon leaving? Do you get to take their space now too? <laughs> I wish. 
Um, well, actually, I got a call text this morning from my from my landlord, and he's like, "So underneath our building, it's a it's a two story, but the bottom bottom level is the parking lot. Um, it's under it's a garage." Okay. And he was saying that, "Hey, listen, if the town allows it, do you want to take the space underneath it as well?" So I'm like, "Oh my God, yes!" Yeah. So our our plan is uh, right now to really make the space our flagship that is the state of the art in technology and design functionality and make it a, a really um, a facility where you go in and have that five-star experience. Yeah. So it's, it's experiential. I've been meeting with many designers to come up with the concept. So it's, I want it to be something really different and special. That's awesome. What's us, the, what's yeah. the timeline for that? How long does that take to read? I mean, my goodness. Um, so we're, we're working on the plans right now, okay. but because there's a lot of structural damage to the space, we're not, I don't think we'll be there until the end of the year at the earliest. Right. Wow. So have you been able to kind of take a step back and assess kind of the, the overall damage to the, to the, to the, like, how much is this going to impact Greenwich Med Spa in 2022? I mean, cause you've got the pandemic in 20 and then 21, you've got this. I mean, just to me, just getting through that is a victory, right? Just surviving. I mean, what's, uh, what, what are you, what are you thinking about kind of the, the overall outlook? I mean, I think I know that the biggest challenge for us moving forward from this event is going to be making our sales goals. Um, we're in a space now, like I said, that's half the size of our flagship store. We're going to be there for at least a year. Um, so how, how can we accommodate the patient's demand and not lose our quality of service and care? Um, that's our key question that we're addressing on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, but it's mainly trying to make those sales goals you know, for the year because I know that because Greenwich was such a big revenue generator, losing that um, at this point, if we don't expand into the next door, we're not going to be able to just because of the space that we're confined in to make those numbers that we were making before. Um, but hopefully, I'm very optimistic that we will with getting the space next door. So, so yeah, that's that's challenging. Yeah. Employee, employee morale is, is challenging because now, you know, you have, you know, they are very, very busy. They were you know, generating a lot of revenue and, and, and now, you know, they're not as, you know, they're like confined to the small space yeah. and, you know, they're working a lot harder and because of COVID protocols, you can't put too many people in that space either. So those are all a lot of challenges yeah. as well. Yeah. Have you, um, how, how's your patient base been? Have they been very supportive of, of you? Have you, have you lost a lot of patients? You know, our patients have been amazing, so supportive with us. But but with that said, though, I mean, they, they travel to the other locations, thank God. Yeah. Um, but they're going to do it for a period of time, right? And that's right. why it was so critical for us to find this temporary location. Because, yes, you're going to travel 20 to 15 miles a few times. But if you have, you can find another practice that's closer by, you're going to go there. Yeah. Um, but with that said, though, I think that we have such amazing clinicians that are so talented that a lot of them said that they're willing to wait until we open yeah. our temporary location. So we have just we just have a long wait list right now, a really long wait list. So you, you mentioned one thing that I want to follow up on because I thought it was really interesting. Um, meeting your sales goals while still maintaining that high level of, of patient care, right? Which is really something that I think a lot of businesses struggle with. And in, um, with med spas, it's, it's even more pronounced, I think, because a lot of the med spas that do really well at sales tend to not have the best customer care or, or, or they're just doing customer care. They focus on that, but they don't have the, they don't up their game on the sales side. How do you how do you navigate that? I mean, what's the what, what's the solution? How do you keep your people pumped up and able to to be selling? But at the same time, um, it, it seems like building that culture of the customer service has got to be has got to be the, the most important thing at all times. The, I, that is the key. I think that what makes us different is back in 2019, we actually created this uh, what we call the GMS service standards. Okay. Um, these are like 19 standards by which we conduct ourselves with one another and our patients, our suppliers, our vendors, and our community. And That's we, awesome. we use those standards on a daily basis. We used to actually review it every single day during our morning huddle. 
Um, and then COVID happened and we had to pull away from it um, yeah. because we weren't doing um, morning huddles. Um, but we're back at that and doing that again. And I think that, that that's what makes us different. I mean, can I can you... just tell you a few of those and how great it is. I mean, one yeah. of ours is that um, it's, it's retain the patient. And with that, our, our goal is that we need to retain every single patient. If our patient has a five-star experience at every encounter with one of our RGMS employees, they're more likely to be loyal regardless of the price that we, you know, that we sell stuff at. So we go into that. We actually um, give our employees, we've empowered them with $350 allowance to enhance the patient's experience um, should something not go to our standards. We call it give them a, a hug. If they know that a patient has a birthday, for example, they'll go and buy our flowers. You know, if they find out that um, somebody in their family died, you know, we'll mm-hmm. go send them flowers. They use that $350 to do that. So I'll go and get the patient's laundry if they're sitting there and doing cool shopping for five hours because there's, a, you know, they have to go get the laundry. It's the stuff, stuff like that that makes us different. Um, I mean, another one that um, we, we use is that first impressions are everything. So make sure that that initial contact with the patient is really top notch. Yeah. And that's, that starts with the phone call that the patient makes uh, to the time that they walk in. We, we're very aware of our surroundings, making sure that there's no literals on the floors, there's nothing on the deficiencies on the walls, anything like that. It's how we answer the phones with the smile. So this is what people could hear that as well. So yeah. we have, I mean, a, a list of this and we go through it every single day. And not only, so because we have five, uh, sorry, four locations, each location goes through the service standards and the morning huddles and they talk about what examples they've used during that week to meet that. So this way it's really ingrained in part because part of a culture. And I honestly think that that makes us different. That's awesome. As we're doing that, patients are coming and they're, they're able. So it's not, even though that we have these sales goals for the month and they know that they have to meet it. It's not something that we're pressuring to do it. It just happens because they're happy and the staff, the patients are happy. So it's, that's how it happens. That's so. Of the how many how many service standards do you have? Nineteen. Nineteen. Are they like in order of importance, or are they just all equally important, or like they're all equally important? Okay. So each every single one of them are 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 important to us. That's um, awesome. And you go through them every day with your team. We we go through. So we 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 have this weekly newsletter that's an internal newsletter that. We send out at eight o'clock in the morning to all of our staff members. It comes from our CEO. And in that, each week we highlight one service standard. So, say that retain a patient, for example, yeah. right? And um, so, in the morning huddle, they, they'll talk about what retain a patient is. And then each person in that team will talk about that day or that week or an example of how they had done their part to retain that patient, what hug they have given their patients, or what does that mean to them. So each store will talk about that for a whole week. And then the following week, they'll talk about, for example, you're an ambassador of GMS. And so what does that mean? That means that, you know, no matter who you're talking to, where you are in public or inside, you, you know, you have to know that you are part of GMS and how you conduct yourself, yeah. you know, that is really important. So that's, they talk about examples of that and what does that represent the brand? What does that mean to GMS? It's so it's stuff like that. Yeah. That's amazing. So I, I, I want to connect some dots here a little bit. So, so bear with me a second. If you, you said that when COVID first struck, you had to close for nine weeks during that time, you kind of took some time to look at the business, um, your team, did those service standards kind of come into play at that point? Is that when you had you already developed them at that point or did no, you revise we, uh, them? We had developed this in 2019 okay. um, and we actually fine tuned it a little bit during COVID, but it, it was just perfect. The only okay. thing that we added just recently um, before we launched it um, recently was um, what we call as always exhibit the five E's. And uh, so what that means is that at the core of our um, service standards are the five E's, which is eye contact, year-to-year smile, enthusiastic greeting, um, being engaged, and educate. Um, so we talk about each one of those. I could talk to you about that as well. But um, I love that. That's really awesome. Important. That's cool. Uh, I, I think that. So like, for 
example, I can, uh, yeah. I'll just go into it because I think people will, yeah. you know, I think find this important. I but eye contact is um, make it a habit to ask yourself what color the eye of the patients are. This way you can, you're, you're ensured that you're making that eye contact with them. Year to year smile. Um, a smile is part of our uniform and a real smile shows, you know, you show your teeth with it. Yeah. So uh, give patients a warm, genuine smile and show them that you're happy to help them. Enthusiastic greeting. Um, your greeting, sorry, um, your, okay. gre- your greeting needs to exude genuine warmth. Greet the patient as if they're a friend. You're welcome. You're welcoming welcoming them to your home. Engage. Show the patient that they're an, an, an individual uh, that that you actually see them. Introduce yourself. Your name. Yeah. Uh, when you're greeting them, utilize the patient's intelligence that you may have on them because we keep like uh, intelligence on our patients, like their name, their kids, their partners, their birthday, anniversary. So, so when you're engaging with them, you're bringing in one of those um, topics with them. Like, how is your kid's graduation party? If they talked to, told us that on the phone conversation. Yeah. And then educate every single time that a patient or a vendor, a member of our community, um, basically comes to, in contact with us. We want to leave them feeling that, you know what, no one knows more about what we, you know, what they do than, than us. Right. That, I think that's amazing um the 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 kind of the business intelligence the intelligence on your patients is that so is that something when like a patient's coming in there's actually a place where they can go and review to make sure that they're up to speed on who the patient is and yeah so so it's really important that when even that first phone call that comes in to us that our our um our staff is taking notes on that patient. So say that you're a new patient calling in and saying, hey, I want to make an appointment. I'm going into, I don't know, Florida for, you know, Miami for vacation. And I just want to look, you know, refresh. So just having that little intelligence that this patient wants to look good because she's going to Miami, you know, when she comes in and say that her name is Lisa, that person will put, no, Lisa is going to Miami next week. She wants to look refreshed. So in the front, front, front desk, person comes in, hey, Lisa, how are you? You know, we're so excited that you're going to Miami. Somehow bring in the the Miami part into the conversation so that they know that we understood and we care. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, completely. Um, And then, so I have a couple of follow-ups. How do you, who who came up with the the, the 19? Has this been something you've been developing or or how did you you come up with it? We've been doing a lot of research and reading a lot of books. So this actually comes from... Um, the Ritz Carlton's um, excellent service. Oh, awesome! Yes. Yeah. No, that's that's amazing. So we used that, and then we came, we learned about it from that, and we came up with our own service standards. Yeah. And then it seemed, it would seem to me that, it, and this is kind of where I was going with 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 the COVID break, is that you know, that's, it's, it's great to have service standards. It's great to say, well, we, we want to be like the Ritz Carlton when it comes to experience. It's another thing to implement and execute because that in- involves, you know, training. It involves buy-in from your, from your, from your team. Um, and, and, and to me, like w- without that part of it, none of it works. Right. And, and that's one of the things that I really made sure that we got everybody's buy-in first. So, when we got the book Excellent Wins, we actually, I actually created. I read that book when I was on um, on on vacation, and I was on a yacht on a yacht, and that's all I did was write that book and make notes. So when I went back, I created a book club with my staff, and I printed each chapter, and I made it. I gave it to them as a homework, and so we all read it, and then we all joined together and talked about it and discussed it. Mm-hmm. So that this is back in 2019. And then after that, I we created the stand the service standards for GMS. And I knew that the execute the execution was key to this and making sure that it's um, practiced on a daily basis. So for me that was the key. And that's why every it was important that every morning in the huddle this was practiced and used. And when COVID happened, we stopped using it and then just back, back in um, beginning of the year, we're like, okay, now we're going to bring bringing back the huddles. We need to bring this back together. Yeah. So what we decided to do was that not only it has to be done in the store level, but it also has to done, be done by the leadership team. 
So when the management team, the leadership team meet on Zoom on a weekly basis, even though we're not facing the, the patients, we're going through these service standards ourselves on a weekly basis mm -hmm. and talking about each one of them. So this way it's fresh in our minds as well. So we're holding ourselves accountable so we could hold our staff accountable. Yeah. We're having, when we're doing a marketing meeting, this has nothing to do with them, but we're going through it as well. So yeah. that's how we're keeping this consistent. Well, and that, and that, that's how you build the brand, right, of customer service. That's how you do it where it becomes ingrained in everybody and everything that they do. And to kind of connect the last dot, what I was trying to get at is how important or what what was the impact of those service standards and the practice that you that you did since 2019 in getting you through the fire and the subsequent, you know, the ability to, to, to deal with the patients and how they reacted to you. I mean, how important was that? It was very, very important because because of these service standards, because of the quality of service that we've been given to our patients, that's why they were staying with us. Yeah. That's why they were coming yeah. back to us. And that's why they were forgiving us if there was any hiccups. Yeah. You see? Because yeah. they knew what we stood for. We are that quality brand. And and the other thing is that when we, we created this COVID safety protocol during those nine weeks, that is second to none. It's one of the top notch ones. And I'll tell you, I am so proud of my team for creating these protocols that we're, we're still using. Mm -hmm that the amount of reviews that we get on how safe the patients feel when they come to our store, how they know that how clean we are and how we take this disease seriously, this pandemic. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, I've been to other doctor's offices where I am just shocked. Yeah. Shocked. Plastic surgeon's offices yeah. that they're not even like, they don't even care. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, all I can say is I'm sure 2021 is going to be better than 2020. <laughs> yes. It has to. It has yeah. to be. It has to, right? It, it, <laughs> so it has to. It will. I, I'm, I'm curious because you, you have such also, uh, first of all, and I could talk to you all day. And actually, that reminds me, the I, I know of a few other um, um, businesses. I, I don't know of many med spas that do it, but other businesses that do like the daily huddle in the morning. Um, talk about um, that and the importance of that and, and, and the purpose of that. So this is just like a, a daily meeting. Is it your whole team? Is it just management? Who's oh, you know, So each each store, they meet uh, about five to 10 minutes before the store opens. Okay. And it's basically a quick powwow. It's looking at the schedule. What do we need to do? What is our goal for the day? What, mm -hmm. you know, what, who's coming in? Who's a VIP patient? Who's not? And who's a new patient? So basically setting up the day and what to expect on the day. Um, what is the flow going to look like? Is there anything that we need to look at for, you know? And then also talk about the service standards. So that is really quick. It's kind of like a, like, you know, let's get together. It's right before the opening show, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. so it's that powwow, giving each other, boosting each other up and then doing like, let's show time and then just getting out there and doing it. That's, but that's awesome. what it is. That's awesome. It's really, really quick. Five, 10 minutes. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and if we had like a great night the day before we did some, you know, great numbers, it's doing the shout out, making people feel good. So, yeah. 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 I've got you. If you could, I mean, you could bottle some of this this that you have. I mean, really, it's it's impressive what you what, what you what you've come up with. Um, the you now you you do have some business background. I was you 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 actually went to um, was it NYU that you went to and had uh, and 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 got a degree in in business. I think. Yeah, I uh, I went to NYU Stern Business School of Business, yeah. um, and then from there I actually worked on Wall Street. Yeah, um, for about three years, I actually covered um, consumer products and retail sector. So my background is a lot of financials, and I think yeah. one of the reasons that I am successful at what I do is I'm all about the numbers and the bottom line as well, versus like a doctor who was not really business oriented. So um, I think that that has really helped me with 
with you know how well GMS is doing right now. Yeah. Well, and it's it's it, it's interesting because you you came from that background, um, but then you've also married the customer experience part to it, right? So it's because it's equal parts making sure you're analyzing the actual hard data, but then equal parts making sure that the experience is good. Whereas a lot of folks come from in the other direction. They they they're cl- they're clinicians at heart and they have to learn you know some of the the business side. How important and how how how. Um, uh, how how much success do you, do you attribute to the the business background? I mean that that's made it easier for you, I would assume, in some ways. Yeah, I think that it's so. I mean, I opened this business about fifteen years ago. There weren't a lot of med squads out there. There was yeah. a playbook on how to open a med squad and how to become successful. I don't know if you remember, but I actually bought a franchise. Yeah, I do. Years ago, um, a franchise that yeah. was a sham. They really had a sexy story, but not really the playbook behind that on how to run a successful business. So there's a lot of there's a huge learning curve for us. Um, but for me, I knew that. Um, knowing the PL and what we needed to do um, to stay, I, I guess, break even or um, uh, profitable was that I needed to be very, very lean and, and manage my cash flow. So that, that was, that really helped me because when I opened uh, my med spa, I was the eighth franchisee and there were 40 of them that that franchise had sold and a lot of them lost their homes. Um, a lot of them had mortgaged their homes. So it was really bad. Um, oh, and I still feel for some of those people. And I think a handful of them survived from 15 years ago from the people who opened those medical spas. Um, and I think the ones who did knew, had a business background and yeah. knew how to do this, you know, yeah. with looking at it as a business versus a medical practice. It's just about, you know, um, doing treatments and, and injections. Yeah. So what was like, Use two thousand five. Is that when you started Greenwich, or is that when you just got into the two thousand five? Okay, and what was it? Take me back to to that time. What was the what was the footprint of Greenwich back then? Oh my God, I I'll, I'll never forget. <laughs> so so just before that, I had taken an ad in in the Greenwich magazine, which is this lucrative magazine, and I put in a phone number that was getting forwarded into my cell phone because the store wasn't opened. And I remember we were traveling, going to my husband's, uh, my in-laws' beach house when I got the first call for an appointment. So my kids are in the back of the car and she's like, I want to make an appointment for Botox. I remember that. I was so excited. My husband's like telling the kids to be quiet. <laughs> uh, it was crazy. But um, I remember that when I opened the door, I thought, because the way the, the franchise was sold, that you just have to do this and then they're going to send the patient. So I'm going to have all these patients coming in. And it was like crickets. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we would see one or two patients a day, oh. you know, and it's like, okay, what are we going to do? And that's when I went into this like survival mode and okay, how do I solve this? Um, quickly, I learned to not be open five days or six days a week. We leaned out the business that we were only open three days a week. Really? Where I was actually sitting there. So we were on, on a second floor. So it wasn't a retail space where we had a lot of walk-in traffic. It was a lot of the people had to call in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was three days a week. People would call in say say that we were open. I think it was when... Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So if somebody was calling to get in on a Wednesday, I'm like, I'm so sorry, we're fully booked <laughs> on that day. So, uh, <laughs> so they tried to get everybody and uh, on those three days, and this way I didn't have to pay full, you know, full time yeah. benefits for my staff. Yeah. Um, so I had uh, part time staff members. And it was me literally knocking on every single door. It was a lot of grassroots marketing. But in addition to that, what really helped me survive in other medical spas was, and the best part of that franchise was, kind of like we had an AM spa of our own. Mm-hmm. All these franchisees, um, yeah. we would talk on a weekly basis and talk about um, the wins and, and the pitfalls that we faced that week. So yeah. what It's like a support system, yeah. Yeah, and it, it really, that was, that was great to have other people, colleagues who are in the same boat as I was. Um, so, so what happened though? I mean, the, so the franchise as a whole folds, um, but then, but then you, did you get to, to maintain kind of your, your, your we, real estate? We actually, sued, 
we, we got together and we sued the franchise oh. and got out of our franchise agreement because they didn't deliver anything that they promised that they would. Okay. Um, some of the franchises kept their name and we, I changed mine okay. just because my husband's an attorney as well. And he's like, you need to do that. Um, but but what we did was a lot of the, those franchisees, we all, like I said, we, we stuck together and we still, you know, talked on a weekly basis. We actually together hired a marketing company um, where they produce a lot of our marketing assets for each of the locations. And we were able to pay them really well mm-hmm. to create these really like high end um, mm-hmm. magazine or radio ads or billboards. Uh, but it cost us a fraction of the price. So we were we we were very very resourceful yeah. on how to how to create this or create this luxury brand on a very thin budget. <laughs> That's what we did. I mean, I have a friend who I still do this with. Uh, he is um he was one of the franchisees, and and he's about sixty miles north of us in Avon, Connecticut. And literally, we would uh, we both of us together bought our first. I think back then it was a thermage machine mm-hmm. um, where we paid about sixty thousand dollars, but each of us paid. 30,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so it cost us half the price and we would share that device. One week I would have it, I would use it in my facility. And then on that Sunday, I would put it in the back of my car and then I would meet him <laughs> in, the, in the middle of a parking lot of, uh, of Walgreens, like trading drugs. And I would give him the, the, the goods and then he'd take it. And then the following week, he'd do the same thing. And I remember I was saying that, you know what, one day we're going to make enough money that we're going to hire somebody to do that. Uh-huh. And I had my babysitter do those drop-offs. I had like my nanny. And then finally, um, we hired somebody to do that for us. So did, yeah. did, did you know you always wanted to own multiple locations? I mean, were you just opening this as a, I mean, because, you know, the, our, our industry has a lot of solo practitioners who just, you know, they, they're sick of being whatever internists or hospital docs and they just want to, but you're a businesswoman. So you came in from a different angle. I mean, what was your, what was your vision for this? To be, to be honest with you, when I opened this business, I never thought that it would be where it is today. I did this more because you know, I'm, I'm um, you know, I've come to the realization now that I'm not one of those mom, a stay-at-home moms that's touchy-feely and, <laughs> and you know, that needs to be there 24-7 with my kids. That's not who I am. That's not my DNA makeup. And I've come to terms with that. And, um, you know, I, I love my kids. They're amazing. Uh, but I needed to work. So I did this more of something that just to keep me busy. And yeah. I love the beauty industry. That was my, I've always wanted to be in it. So that's what I did. And my goal was just to become, just to break even. and yeah. didn't even think that it would be as, you know, profitable and as successful that it is today. And then when when I did it, and after a while, we actually, um, I mean, this, we've been doing this for, for, for 15 years. So after nine years, my lease was coming up. So we moved to another location, a bigger location. And when that happened, our business just blew up. And I realized that, okay, then I said, let me just test this. If I could replicate this model into another location, then you know, it would be great. Maybe then we have we have a recipe. Yeah. Um, so then when I opened up the Westport location, which was our second location in 2017, I mean, we beat our sales targets within, you know, within six months. So I knew that we had something that was, that yeah. was different. And, so it was, it yeah. was, cause I was going to ask that exact question. Cause I feel like there's always, and there's in, in any business, there's inflection points, right? Where things kind of happen and they either happen because you're trying to make them happen or they just happen because of outside forces or whatever it is. And there's often multiple points where, where you just kind of feel like it's before this time and after this time, right? You know, before the fire, after the fire, right? Whatever it is. Was it, was it the, the, the expanding your first location to make it bigger that really where you thought, thought, okay, I'm onto something or was it the second location or was it both? No, I, I think that it was the way I look at it is I feel like we really started in 2014 yeah. when we moved to that second, to when we yeah. moved our location to a bigger location. I think that I just felt more confident in who I was. I knew that I got, you know, with, I'm sure that a lot of listeners will also agree that the, the biggest challenge for everybody is the people. Yep. You know, it, it's it's getting the right people, your team members. Um, no matter what kind of a business you, you're in, if it's aesthetics, if it's a car business or whatever that is, our biggest issue is how to manage people, how to motivate them, how to keep them and how, how to hire the right people yeah. and how to help them develop them and, and grow them, right? And keep them happy. So 
and that's something that we're still working on. We still don't have it 100%, but I think that we have it a lot better than we did before. And I think that has to do with, again, creating our mission, our why, creating our core values, and really sticking to those core values and hiring based on those core, core values and firing based on those core values and promoting based on those core values. And so I think that we're, we're getting it better and better and right yeah, yeah, it's 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 fun though talking to, to to entrepreneurs because when you hit that inflection point, like when you get to your bigger location and things just start to work, it's so it's so much more fun running a business that is working and is successful than bootstrapping and just struggling for. And you said you said it was two thousand fourteen, so that's damn near ten years, right? Of is that how long it took you to kind of get going? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> very very at that time I didn't know what I really wanted as well yeah and it was and also remember that when we started this business I mean a lot of it's it wasn't as well publicized I and mean, people didn't really talk about the services that they did nobody talked about Botox and right. especially in Greenwich, Connecticut where it's you know still very conservative you know I mean we people came through the back door to come and get their like crazy know, so it took a long time for this to become normalized that you, you got Botox. So it, it was it was a challenge to get people to come in and talk about the services. And then when 2014 happened, when we created the space, we actually created a back door so people who didn't want to come through the front to come through the side. But somehow people didn't mind it. They were coming through the front door. And, you know, yeah. so I saw that there was a change and and, yeah. the, and 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 the environment man you've been through a lot because you went that means you went through the the recession in 2008 2009 when that happened then you've got the pandemic the five i mean my goodness my goodness yeah but i'll tell you 2000 the recession had nothing it's it's it was nothing compared to what we went through this year <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we actually still grew because of the uh, during yeah. the recession. Yeah. So that's why I said this was the worst year. This is the 2020 was the first year that we didn't grow, but we actually went backwards. Yeah. Well, you've got a pretty damn good excuse for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is that I've, I mean, I have learned from, about myself that I'm very, very resilient and very, very resourceful. That's the one thing that I've learned, you know? Yeah. Well, and you had the opportunity to read a book on the Ritz Carlton while on a yacht, which I mean, I want to come back in my next life as you. <laughs> my goodness. That wasn't mine. I was a friend. I was invited. <laughs> so what's the what's the future for for Greenwich Met Spa? I mean I know we we've talked about this kind of offline a few times and and, and I have to say, like of all I, I I know a bunch of med spa owners, I would, you know, I would push my chips in on on, on you succeeding in whatever you want to do. What what's your goal? What's your ultimate vision? So we actually met with my executive team early um, in this January and just to, to, to talk about our, our, our plan. We have a 10-year plan and we have a three-year plan. And we are is on this, you know, we're in a growth trajectory. Um, right now we have four stores with 25 employees and we're in two states. Um, mm -hmm. But our plan in the next three years is to be in nine stores with over 50 employees and we want to be fully operational in, um, in three states with full service service um, okay. stores. Are you staying um, local like in your in your region or, or do, you, do, you, do you want to expand further? Right away? now regionally just yeah. because of we want to be, we want the locations to be close enough so this way we could still share resources if we need to or be there if something happens. Yeah. Um, we want to create clusters just like we have here and on other states as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so awesome. my goal right now this year is to primarily focus on continuing to document and complete our GMS playbook, uh, which is to put in, um, in place our systems and processes. So we're not recreating this wheel each time we're opening a new store mm -hmm. and also to ensure that our brand and our outcomes are consistent within each um, store. So kind of similar to a franchise, yeah. um, but also the, the second goal is to further refine our culture and instill our core values to the new staff members that we've recently hired. Um, so this way we could continue to differentiate ourselves and, um, continue giving that five-star experience to each of our, um, that's amazing. Seriously. That's, um, 
you know, you're doing this kind of uh, it's it it almost seems second nature to you in the way that you talk about it. But I know it's taken you many, many years to develop this. But it, it really is. It's the way you talk about it is kind of the secret. I, w- I wish I could bottle that. And because there's so many people out there who who just like when they whether it's coming to our boot camps or I'm talking to them on the phone and I just it's like they don't get it like in, in the way that you're approaching this is the precise way to make a successful med spa really it's it's a it's it's a storefront it's retail medicine in a way it's retail sales right yeah i mean i i, I look at it as stores i mean yeah. when we when we i i look at this kind of like it is a business and so when we talk to my staff i talk about them about like Rev part revenue per hour. I talk about same store sales. I talk about like, you know, our growth. Like these are the terms that I use. So this way I'm trying to get everybody to understand the terms and terminology. So they understand and I want them to understand the PL because a lot of the staff members, what they don't understand is that, you know, when it when you make that dollar, where does that dollar go? Mm-hmm. It doesn't go into my pocket. I wish it did, yeah. but there's so many line items and expenses because a lot of people all they see is that, oh my God, there's like yeah. numbers coming in, but there's so much expenses that goes into it. You know, yeah. there's marketing, there's your rent, but payroll. I mean, if you yeah. really want to have a successful business that really, you know, mean something you have to hire the right people and those people are not cheap yeah well Well, and you've also been since the beginning i know you've been very you've been very keen and and adept at the compliance aspect you've wanted to do it right you've 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 not messed around with that at all which has been which is not cheap especially in your area with the you got real estate costs that are just massive so uh, what's the what's the, what's the looking back on it and, and we've been going for an hour already believe it or not so what's the what's the the, the the biggest thing that you've learned like about either yourself or the business just kind of in general going back through your experience of just the last year with with, with everything um like i said i think that um i am resilient and resourceful yeah. but i think that i've learned that i'm a better leader and a manager than i believe that i was um mm-hmm. but i also learned that i am only as good as my team um, when you have the uh, the pandemic that just happened and then the unforeseen fire, uh, not once that I feel ever feel that I was a victim or ask myself, why me? I, yeah. I knew that we had a, um, like everybody else, a business that had a massive problem that had to overcome and I had to find ways to prioritize them and solve the key issues. Yeah. Um, so you then, never had any, you never had any, like one night where you're just hitting the tequila, like this is terrible. <laughs> no, I, I swear to you. That's and awesome. Maybe it was just a shock in the beginning and then realizing I'm just, I'm that type that uh, I've always been like, I need to solve what's yeah. my problems. Let me figure it yeah. out. And I need to figure it. I mean, maybe because I'm the oldest one in the family and just coming from Afghanistan and my dad not being there, I was always solving and helping out. So yeah. that's just my, t- it's in my DNA, but, yeah. um, well, that's, that's amazing. Up, yeah. How do you, how do you, I last question, I, I promise. I, I know people are, 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 if you stayed in this long, I, I appreciate it. What, uh, how, how do you find these, the, the incredible team? Like, is it, is it organic where you build them in, in, in over the course of time, the relationship, you know, they, they buy into what you're doing or are you going out and, and when you find people on the open market, are you, are you looking for a, a certain type of person? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, um, we've definitely gotten way better than uh, and this than before. Yeah. So we, we, we use our resources as well. So a lot of referrals are the best way to get great people who understand our culture and our people and know that what's good for our brand. But when we're going into the market and trying to hire somebody, it does, it does not come easy yeah. because we have a specific type for each role we look at personality tests we take like iq tests all of these things to make sure that that's a right fit for for our for our brand and our team you actually do iq Um, tests Huh? You do IQ tests? I don't know. We <laughs> but we, we do test them. So we yeah. do test them in the environment. Yeah. So if we have, if we're looking for a medical assistant, we actually bring them in and we set up a room. So they, one of the jobs of a medical assistant is to set up a room. So we show them a book and say, this is how we need to set this up. And then we take everything apart and we're like, okay, just do it. So really? we just want to see awesome. that can they actually do that job? 
Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. If we like that person and we want to show them, we want to give them a day into what it's like to be at GMS because it's not easy to work at GMS. It's not one of those days that you're just taking vitals as a medical assistant. Yeah. You're really hustling yeah. um, because there's, you know, there's so much going on. So we hire very, very slowly, yeah. um, but we try to hire the right person. We go through an interviewing process. And the one thing that we're instilling now is that we're actually going to give our hires within the first three weeks money to quit. <laughs> That's how important it is. What do you mean by that? So we're going to give them a thousand dollars to say that either take the thousand dollars to take the job, basically give them an opportunity, no question asked. So this way, because it's such an investment when mm. you hire somebody that you have to go through the training process. Yeah. When a med just a medical assistant goes through a six week training with GMS, mm. we don't just throw them in. That's how that's how we're different. A clinician who comes and works at GMS, they go through a three month training process before they go into patient. So we mm. invest a lot of resources and time and energy on them. So if we think that that's the wrong, it's not, they're not the right fit, or they may think that they're not the right fit, mm. we're giving them a way out before that they quit. So yeah. we're saying, here's an opportunity, take the yeah. money and go or stay. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never heard anyone doing that, but I, I like it because it is, it's like it's giving them a way out, no questions asked. You don't have to worry about it if you don't, you know, everyone likes to say they do a trial period, but that's a true, that's a true trial. What, so, um, I always ask this 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 of, of of businesses. What's your what's your favorite like metric or KPI to look at for for your med? What's the one that you that is the most important to you? You mentioned like revenue per hour and stuff like that. Like what's the or maybe it's two or three. What, what are the, the the couple that that you like to look at the most? I, uh, well, right there's a few of them, but yeah. the one that I look at right now is percentage to goal. Okay. So on a, on a weekly basis, we look at the stores, how, what percentage they're closer to the goal. That's, okay. And then we look at rep par revenue per hour. Yeah. Okay. Because um, we have for the, for, for the, for the corporation. And then right now I'm looking at my cash. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the three things I'm really, really looking yeah. at. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's. Maria, not Mario. I was calling you Mario. I've been calling you the wrong name for five years. But thank you so much for 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 coming on and, and sharing everything. It's been it's been a crazy crazy year for you. And I wish seriously, like you you, you are. I have a a very strong feeling that in maybe a couple of years from now, you're going to be looking back on this and being like, oh my god, remember 2020 and just everything you've been through. You're going to look in the rearview mirror, and it's going to be it's going to be a growing experience that you that will have launched you into. Into a into a different uh, into a different uh, into a different stratosphere. What do you think? I, I agree with you. I'm always a type that looks at a glass half full and not empty. Yeah. And I feel like this is an opportunity for us to reset and redo. And I honestly think that from this, better things are going to come. Yeah. I'm, I already see with my team how much stronger and closer we are. Yep. And just look at the way that we think differently right now and think outside the box. So, and I think that we're going to build, rebuild Greenwich to be better than you. Yeah. I can't, we're going to have to, we're going to have to come out and see it. Like once you get, like, I would love to help journey, you know, kind of chronicle your progress because it's, it's going through what you went through and then coming back and rebuilding it. I mean, in some ways, I mean, I know this is tough to look at it this way, but like you get to build from the ground up again, right. And design it exactly as you want. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what I love about it. Cause we were like, there's so many things that we could fix. Yeah. And, and so when we were sitting down with our, our architect, I'm like, you know what, this is an opportunity to do it the way we want it, do it all over again and do it with our wish list. So that's what we're yeah. doing. So again, awesome. that's why I said, I look at everything as an opportunity and look, we may have a fifth location from it. We may even have a GMS university because of this. Yeah. So like I said, I, yeah. I look at, so at the silver lining in everything. Yeah. Good for you. And congratulations on everything. And um, thank you so much for coming on. And I'm sure we'll bring you back. And you are going to be at uh, MedSpa Show in in Vegas. You're always there. Um, We would love to have you. Um, We'll we'll definitely figure out a way to to keep picking your brain and getting some of your knowledge out to the the masses because I think people would love it. Thanks, Alex. Really appreciate it. 
Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tierce was joined by Maria Puya, founder of Greenwich Med Spa. If you're new with us, we would love to invite you to hit the subscribe button. Click it now so you can get AmSpa content delivered to you each time. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.